Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whenever the hell you're listening to it, and welcome to a very special episode, uh, if you will, the first bonus episode of The Most Best Podcast. Before we get into today's show, I just wanted to give you some good news, uh, as well as being available via iTunes and SoundCloud. The Most Best Podcast is now on Spotify. Uh, It's very, very, very super goddamn exciting news for me. Just means that you can now open the Spotify app, type in Most Best Podcast, hit the follow button, and you can never miss another episode again. Because you've been missing the episodes. Trust me, I see the listening numbers. I know you're not listening. Or you are. I don't know. I can't say. It doesn't give me specifics as to who is listening. So if you are listening, good for you. And if you're not listening, you're not hearing me malign you, so I have no idea why I'm carrying on with this charade. That's about it. I'm not going to keep you any longer than I need to, so sit back, don your cape, pull your pants over your trousers, and get ready for a very, very, very drunken review of the Justice League movie with me and the most best, Tom Reese. Hello and welcome to the Most Best Podcast, a very special bonus episode uh, today. I'm not interviewing anyone of any talent, so you don't have to worry about that. No talent. We're going to rush through this because we have a lot to get through tonight. Uh, As I say, I don't have anyone of talent in the Most Best recording studio with me, but what I have is a damn good friend of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Reese. Hello, everybody. Hello, Tom Reese. Would you like to explain what brings you here for this uh, emergency episode? Emergency episode? Emergency Uh, episode. Well, me and Zach had the absolute delight this week of watching the cinematic masterpiece, you know, one of the most defining movies of our time, Zack Snyder's Justice League and Joss Whedon's. (laughs) We'll get into that uh, in a bit more. In a bit more. In a bit more. In a bit more. This is, um, this episode is solely brought to you by beers, so if we... Indeed. Yeah, we're drinking. Uh, so, before we get into the Justice Leaguery, we're going to be breaking the film down in every crass detail of it. I want my audience to get to know you better, Tom. And as you're a dear friend of mine, obviously you've listened to the podcast a few times. Yes. We get to yep, play... I have listened. Yeah, so... Definitely. Explain uh, to the ladies and gentlemen at home what the dice game is. Is the dice... Uh, I, I think... Is. <laughs> should be definitely a bit more like confident than... Is. I'm a very confident man. I'm assuming... Well, I'm not assuming, because I've definitely listened to the show. Yeah. You're going to roll the dice, mm-hmm. and depending on what number, you're going to ask me a different question. That's not what's going to happen. Shit. What I'm going to do... I'm going to play Dice Game Extreme with you. I'm going to hit it up a notch. Uh, I've got a six-sided die. I'm going to roll... Only a six-sided die. Ah, this is where it gets interesting. I have a dice app. (gasps) So I've got a D6 through a D100. And whatever the dice rolls on, I will click that. And you have to describe yourself in that many words. So you could potentially have to describe yourself in 100 words. Okay. So when you're ready. That's a one. So it's only a six-sided dice. That's not bad. Tom Reese, describe yourself in one word. Waste. Waste. Exactly like the fucking Dice Game Extreme, because it <laughs> always ends on a fucking one. It's all this build-up and grandiose fucking self-serving <laughs> bollocks, and it always ends on a fucking one. 
bit like my life, really. Hence the waste. Hence the waste. <laughs> uh, so you are a dear old friend of mine, and what can only be described as a militant nerd. It's one way to describe it, and definitely get annoyed with. I think with. it's a polite way to describe it, to be honest. You're the <laughs> loudest, angriest, littlest man I've ever met. I take offense at that. I'm a gigantic beast of a human being, but what no. What size waist do you? <laughs> 32. Ah, that's a respectable. Okay, I was expecting like yeah, a 16. that's just more of a beer gut that's made it that more <laughs> than anything recently. But no, I describe myself as a nerd. Well, you're well-versed on uh, most things comic book. Yeah, well, I've been reading comics since, you know, I was about 12, 13 years old when my brother brought home Ultimate Spider-Man issue 3 and the Ultimates issue 1. Oh, amazing. So, you know, before that, I've always, like, I've always loved everything comic-related. Watched Batman as a kid yep. in the 90s. And then, but, you know, as much as I loved watching Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, you know. That was a golden, like Fox uh, Kids, it was a golden age for comic book characters. something you don't get anymore. Kick-ass theme tunes. I miss uh, characters in cartoons who aren't just absolutely muscle-bound. Yeah. I pine for the days of the, you know, Thundercats and He-Man and fucking... What? They are muscle-bound. Yeah, that's what I mean. I want the muscle band. None oh, of this right. fucking <laughs> regular show. I, I'm saying that I love oh, yeah, regular show. I really and, hate the regular show. Ad- Adventure Time. I, I just like cartoons in general. Yeah. No, but, you know, like, I, I love these characters growing up, but I was never allowed to go to the comic shop and read the comics because, as my mum described, only weird people go in there. She's a very sensitive lady. It's one way to describe it, especially about stuff like that. I was never allowed in Games Workshop, never allowed in the comic shop. Because too many weird people are in there and strange things might happen. Oh, it's a, so it was more fear-based. It wasn't that she didn't want to be weird. She just didn't want to get kidnapped by a yeah, nerd. or molested by, you know. I think, you know, my mum's look on nerds was always comic book guy from The Simpsons. That, <laughs> you know, if he's that age and he's still reading comic books, he must be a child molester. You know, there's no middle ground. It's either for kids or it's done. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I love these characters. Started collecting comics when I was like thirteen. Yeah, and I, if I could put the effort into like go back in time and put the effort into my A levels or university that I did with my knowledge of comic books, I think I would have been in a much better place in life. <laughs> You're not doing too badly for yourself. You have many things. Owner of many items. Um, but enough about you. Uh, actually, what I was going to say is, how hard do you find it to describe yourself in one word? Uh, very difficult. Yeah, it was, it was very self-serving of you. Yeah, not just a waste of... Waste. Talent. Waste. Waste. <laughs> uh, so, as I say, we're not here to talk about you, Tom. It's I, I've only got you here, so I don't have to do this by myself. <laughs> it's going to be a bit embarrassing. Uh, we're here to talk about... Uh, controversial opinion I'm going to put out there the cinematic masterpiece <laughs> that is Zack Snyder's Justice League I actually genuinely loved the fuck out of that film seriously it was... I really thought that you were going to hate it no but only because it is it's a terrible film it's, it's so a mess but it, 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 it perfected itself it went full circle it got so bad that it's literally amazing it's such a, like I don't hate it I quite liked it I'm not, you know, we'll probably get into a bit more detail about... Oh, so many more details. Proceeded as well, you know, with Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, you know, I think it's inevitable we're going to touch on those. But for a film that I had no excitement for, no hopes for, 
it didn't so much exceed my well it exceeded my expectations that i thought it would be utter shit but it just the end result was just such a weird mess <laughs> like uh, it, you know it kind of rose to mediocrity and i didn't assume uh, it would I, get honestly that high. like <laughs> the we'll we'll cuz i've got notes basically throughout the entire film we'll take it's spoilerific this fucking episode but then again it's the justice league film it's a bit late now i think we're way past i did wait till it was on now tv to watch it yeah. essentially didn't pay any extra money to go out my way to watch justice league i just watched it on I now tv i would say i've watched infinity war about 3 times in the past 2 weeks so if i've been able to watch that that much we are well past spoiler territory for i justice haven't seen league. infinity war so right, take that look off what... your face I, no, I was just excited because I think I know what our next episode's going to be if anybody cares about us talking about movies. They will. <laughs> so, before we start really dissecting the fucking absolute treat, honestly, I'm so happy about this film, uh, Justice League, uh, I I wrote some Justice League jokes for you, just especially for you. I wrote, I wrote these with you in mind. I am not a fan of the new pun-based Zach, so I'm not looking oh. forward to this. It's it's gonna get fantastic. So, uh, joke one: How does Superman work out the Justice League's monthly budgets? His calculator. Don't look at me like that. Joke number two: What do Batman and Superman call their sleepovers? The Just Us League. See, that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I want to call this episode. It, it, you've been really tense. It's just me telling puns to myself like for the good listeners. Puns. Well, the these puns. are the best puns you get into <laughs> fucking get used to it, sister. This it, this one's a fucking chore. I, I don't enjoy this one. Rumor has it the second string heroes aren't allowed to fly in the invisible plane, but have to drive around from the scene of the crime in a blue beetle. I'll appreciate that one just for the deep dive for blue beetle. So <laughs> you would enjoy that you one. Get, you, know, you get at least a smirk for that, but that's more of a oh, blue beetle than <laughs> that, that, that was oh he knows who blue beetle is <laughs> okay number four have you heard who's booked to play the justice league's annual xmas party aqua man <sighs> who, who is making an aqua joke in 2018 Zach? the most best podcast you motherfucker need to look at yourself in the mirror i do more than anyone needs to uh joke number five <laughs> Tom, we're not even halfway through. The, yeah, this is the painful part. Oh, this is great. What uh, Justice League member will only... <laughs> I don't know if this joke's offensive. What Justice League member will yes, only probably. eat meat prepared in accordance to his religious beliefs? Halal Jordan. Mm. <laughs> You've got to give me more than that. Though. No, you don't deserve any more. It's great. It's going to sound now because it's going to be like, it's going to jump from joke four to joke six. Why did Batman collect different kinds of metal? Why? Because he was an awe fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, I like that one Why did Batman's ward go to jail? Why did Batman's what? Why did Batman's ward go to jail? He was Robin Ah, uh, no What are the inhabitants <laughs> What are the inhabitants of Wonder Woman's home uh, island Never leave the house without? Themyscara Themyscara <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two more Not bad <laughs> but if I could get that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what does the Flash use to eat his dinner? The speed forks. Not bad. And lastly, you're gonna get the 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 punchline for this one. Uh, what member of the Justice League was arrested for public nudity? Booster Gold, the horrible bastard. <laughs> 
Uh, so those are my Justice League jokes. I'm glad you really enjoyed them. Uh, well, really would be a strong word. It is. Uh, so <laughs> a really strong word. Thank you for the vindication. So, uh, before we... Because I've literally got notes to a whole fucking director's commentary over over the Justice League film. Let's just look at the, the cold hard facts of it first. So, uh, released in November 2017, up against other films that month were Thor Ragnarok, Three Billboards, and Darkest Hour. So, it was coming out against some fucking strong yeah. films. Uh, it had a budget... Of three hundred million in U.S. dollars, not counting marketing, which easily puts another couple hundred million mm. on that box office. Six hundred fifty-seven point nine million. Crazy. So it's regardless of how absolutely bonky this film is, it is commercially a success. It is, but you know, we live in an insane world where you can say that only six seven hundred million dollars, but for this movie. You know, especially, like, if you think, like, when the Avengers came out, first one that came out uh, back in 2012, you know, that was, you know, these characters like Iron Man, Thor, you know, they were relatively new, you know, in the wider cinema-going consciousness. Uh, I was going to say, the comics have been out for a fucking while. Yeah, yeah, no, but if you think, like, wider audiences before that, it was, if it was Marvel, it was Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvel Studios made A-listers of these characters, but if, if you remember, like, me and you were going to see the Avengers, like, I was so excited for that Yeah, movie. it was like, fucking it was, incredible. You know, it was something kind of new, something different, you know, we knew who everybody was, but not, you know, it was still, as I said, like, it was Palatable still relatively... to the layman. Yeah, um, you know, exactly. Uh, but that film made over a billion dollars. Fucking hell. And when Justice League, you know, with... Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are arguably some of the most iconic characters of all time. Yeah. Can't be a Thor movie. Like, if you would have told me that ten years ago, I would have told you you're insane. <laughs> Lady, you're insane. <laughs> <laughs> you disgust me. So, a little note of importance. Uh, before sitting down to watch Justice League uh, this morning, I went to make a cup of coffee... Uh, I edited uh, the Shani Thomas episode and released it this morning. This is yeah. the Saturday in which that episode came out. And then I went to make a cup of coffee, walked back out, and Domino, one of the cats, had shat everywhere in the fucking hall. And it's a bit like Warner Brothers and the DC Cinematic Universe. Boom! Oh, Tom, you fucking nerd. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I had to clean up a lot of horrible cat poo before <laughs> sitting down to watch this film, so... Just to get you in the right frame of mind, yeah. where, where you were at the time, covered in shit. Just just really not happy. I've been up early, I'm covered in poo. Uh, so, let's get into just the fucking plethora of notes I have on this film. First thing I have is the opening scene. They go in strong with the fucking CGI mustache Superman. Or, as the first note that I made, creepy pedo face. It's Creepy CGI pedo face, that was it. You know it's... that cost them millions of dollars to CGI his moustache out? It's... For the people uh, at home who don't know, explain what happened. In, why, if you've seen Justice League and you wonder why Henry Cavill looks like fucking <laughs> modern-day like Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's off-putting. It, it is really off-very. Basically, uh, once Justice League had finished, finished shooting... 
Uh, a couple of months later, they had to go back and reshoot quite a lot of it. But at that time, Henry Cavill was filming uh, Mission Impossible. Fallout. Fallout? Yeah. Is that the new one? Yeah. 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 Uh, was, you know, balls deep in filming that. And his character has a mustache. Oh. Sure. Spoilers for Mission Impossible Fallout. That was the twist ending. <laughs> it <laughs> was Superman with... <laughs> yeah, it was actually Superman. It was Superman with a mustache all the time. So basically, when Justice, um, when Justice League had to go back to do some reshoots, so obviously you can't do it, do it without Henry Cavill as Superman, but he has this mustache, so... Warner Brothers reached out to, I think it's Paramount that does Mission Possible. I think so, yeah. Yeah, to say, basically, we need him to shave this mustache. Because, uh, obviously, Superman doesn't have a mustache. Should have gone for it. They should have gone for, like, you know, like, full 90s Death of Superman mullet. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Mullet, like, handlebar mustache. Just, re- just roll with it. That's what they should have done. But, basically, Paramount turned around and just went, nah. No, nope. not happening. It's got to nope. keep the mustache story. The mustache is keeping the morale of the Teamsters alive on set. They love you that have mustache. have no idea what the mustache is doing if, for this film. <laughs> it's it's it unionized the workers. Everybody thinks that Tom Cruise has done all the stunts himself. It's actually been Henry Cavill's mustache. Fuck. So basically, Warner Brothers reaches out to Paramount to say, we need Henry Cavill back, but he's got to lose the mustache. So Paramount turned around and said, nope, he's got to keep the mustache. Yeah. So then what? Warner Brothers do then is they get some footage of Henry Cavill and they CGI a mustache onto him. Okay. And say, and apparently it looks amazing. Yeah. It looks really good. We could do it really cheaply. And Paramount went, nah, we need the real thing. You gotta have that mustache. Need, that's, that's a powerful we fucking need mustache. The real thing. So apparently, CGIing out the mustache takes a lot more time, money, and effort than adding a mustache in. Millions of dollars spent mm, uh, on the fucking mustache. I think it was mustache. about like 15 to 20 Ooh, million, I think. That is a large part, part, fucking yeah. portion of that film's budget. It's simply CGI out a mustache. It's so, and, like, and not well. No, it's like when it's, you know, you know, the film opens and it's, you know, little kid on his, you know, doing it for his, uh, what his was podcast. it, his blogger, his podcast. He goes, oh, yeah. He's based, this, we are he, basically this child. No, we're not this child because we have a fucking most best recording studio. He's just filming Weird Lip Superman on his phone. And Weird Lip Superman, if you noticed, and you may get the reference <laughs> from Friends, is smell the fart acting the fuck out of that scene <laughs> you know what? like joey smelled the fart and he's like yeah when he can't think of the line he just kind of like looks like he smelled the fart superman does that about 18 times in the like one minute it yeah, takes to start that it's, film it's the bit at the end of that scene you know the kid's like oh what do you love about earth superman and you know he does this weird face and then it cuts off and all i read into that is nothing he hates this planet it's because can't he think of anything that smile because he had a fucking pixelated it- mouth it's so off-putting. It's very How creepy. Anybody thought that that was a good idea? If yeah, you're me, I don't know what else they could have done. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, you I already explained it back a few months. You already then... explained what they could have done. Is just shave the mustache. You grow another mustache. No, you've got to think that part of that is Paramount just going, nah, put a bunch of guts. Um, so after that, the next note I have is, uh, so after, you know, the Batman scene, uh, where Batman stops a bank robber and dangles him over the edge of the building. You gotta smell the fear. Oh, no, no, whatever that voice modulator thing yeah. sounds like, which I do quite like, to be fair. I think, 
I prefer the idea of him having, you know, like a bit of tech to make him sound really weird than Christian Bale. Yeah, totally. Where's the trigger? Is <laughs> it Dark Knight Rises? There's certain points where it literally looks like his helmet is just far too <laughs> tight, and he's like, "Oh my god, Alfred, I can feel my skull." <laughs> you just with this weird, like, just weird lips, just. <laughs> it's just weird lips. You know, I also just like Christian Bale. Just looked, always looked really thin, really weedy in the suit, or just like the suit itself always looks quite. Because I quite like the you know basically Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns suit, Titty Batman, Titty Batman, old, old big dad bod Batman. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, you know the suit that they've used in the last couple of movies, like Injustice League. I really like that. Uh, well, talking about the design, uh, it's at this point, which is just minutes into the film, I realised aesthetically what uh, Justice League reminded me of, and it is not good. Did you ever see the film Ultraviolet? I've seen bits of it, and I know what you mean. It's just basically terrible green screen. It's, it's entirely it's, terrible green. The, the background film just doesn't the, look like it's no, the right background to be there. It's, you know, a lot of films these days obviously use a lot of green screen, blue screen to yeah. project these images on, but it's been getting better and better. Like Again, when you see it, you look at Infinity War, and it's pretty fucking flawless yeah like, yeah it, it really you know i thought black panther was a bit iffy like, i haven't I, seen that either yeah you know, it was the same kind of thing but just the entire of the way through this film it was just every it just it looked terrible like, the <laughs> it really it did really and did. that comes up in my notes a few times uh so 300 million dollars and it's not it the background is just good it's fuzzy and it looks like it's completely out of focus and it's supposed to be like a soft focus i get it on the background but it just doesn't look right yeah it it reminds no, me of the, it, room. It you know the green screen in the room yeah like when they're on the roof it, like that kind like of that, fucking stuff or you know like the star wars prequels like those films always <laughs> yeah, yeah. put me off because you can really tell that everything's on a screen you know even if it's just like two people having a senate meeting in a room which all the, those fucking films were films are is negotiations <laughs> Because that's what everybody wants to see in a Star Wars Negotiations. <laughs> but even if it's, you know, like two people in a room at a table, literally the only things that are real in those scenes are the two people and the table. Yeah. And it's so off-putting. And it's, as you said, like, it's straight away banned. It's just, you know, weird CGI mustache, weird CGI background. And it's, it does take you out of it a bit. But it, but it makes for, like, a really weird kind of aesthetic for the film and then it comes in with like the intro sequence it's accidentally found an aesthetic is that what you're saying through yeah no but kind of like a campy comic book looking one but then the intro sequence which is just a world lost of hope there's no hope superman is dead like fucking tower bridge or london bridge whatever the one fergie wrote the song about (laughs) giant black superman flag dangling i've got a couple of points on this bit like a i think we all need to agree that slow tempo covers of songs in movies and trailers need to fuck off now and adverts as well they're like oh let's just pick a random fucking nirvana song or like the cure song and do like a really twee that needs to go away yeah i I really don't appreciate that the other point like i don't know why it annoyed me as much as i did it was the you know the bit you know where's the montage of you know it's the front cover of a paper and it's david bowie prince superman did yeah Fuck you. Um, 
And also, and like, this is my first major question of the film, and this is less than six minutes in. No, it is. It's six minutes into the film. Uh, so you see a wide panning shot of a truck pulling away from the Kent farm, and in the foreground uh, comes in a for sale foreclosure sign. Yeah. So was Superman monetizing his heroics in a way that isn't explained in the films to keep uh, Ma Kent in the farm? Or at this stage, is he working, or was he working for the Daily Planet? I can't remember. Well, he was supposed to be working for the Daily Planet, but... Does he get I that job at the end I... of Man of Steel? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's right yeah. at the end of Man of Steel, but it's just like, in this day and age, come on, let's be honest, no journalist is earning that much money to live in a... <laughs> and living <laughs> in, this... in I New York himself. £15. Or fucking Metropolis. I- exactly. I nearly paid £15 for two beers in London last night. Ugh. So, let alone... Clark Kent working at a in a dying fake news industry. Oh, that's so good. That's a great Trump, Tom. I said you were heartless at the top of the episode, <laughs> and I stand by that statement. Well, you just got to get into the mind of a madman and sad. <laughs> no, that was weird. That was, yeah. that was a bit yeah. too soft. But you know what I mean. It's either I I can't imagine that a, str- a journalist this day and age can subsidise two housings. That's just madness. That's the most unbelievable horseshit in this movie. And at that point, Bullshit. I was taken out. So obviously, um... my, my my point in that, that like, uh, sorry to cut across, but you know, like this opening montage of like, oh my god, we're all so sad without Superman. What are we gonna do without him? It's like everybody hated him the last two movies. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, the reason like there's Man a Batman Steel. Justice League, uh, Batman Superman film, is because they needed to kill off. Superman because everyone hated him. They needed to martyr him. Yeah, so let's have a look. Like, Man of Steel, he shows up to the world and it's like, and everybody's terrified because what happens when he shows up? Bunch of other aliens show up, try and destroy the planet, level level an entire city. Yeah. And then... Indiscriminately level an entire city. (laughs) You know, at a level that a Michael Bay Transformers movie is looking at that thinking, oh, they did us on that one. And that takes some doing. And then, if you remember Batman vs. Superman, it starts with another dour slow motion montage of him saving people. Yeah. And he never looks like, you know, it's not. With all the people in the fucking uh, like the, Day of the, the Dead, Day of the Dead thing. masks, yeah. and, you know, it's just like, oh, this god is coming down among us. Oh yeah, because there's that fucking shot where there's the people on the roof, and he comes down with a light behind him. It's supposed to like, <laughs> yeah. I hope and, that harmonizes. You know, the rest of that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I really, really, really don't think it did. And you know, the rest of that movie is basically, uh, you know, a man that spent twenty years in a Batman costume beating people to death, thinking. I'm going to take this fucker out. Yeah. Then what else do we have in that movie? He gets taken to, you know, he gets subpoenaed to the Supreme Court. <laughs> Everybody thinks he blows up a building. Yeah. Like, why does anybody care that he's gone? You know, it's not like, obviously, you know, there's a, a lot of parallels to Death of Superman, the comic. Yeah. Like, but if you think about it, in the comic, that was, what, 50 years after he <laughs> did just Where it's kind of like, okay, what else can we do with this guy? Let's fucking kill him. Yeah. You know, but at least then, you know, that if you look at it in there, there's a reason why people, like, the world would mourn. Because he's been there for years saving people with a smile, not just like, oh, I've got to save, you know, let your dad die in a hurricane. Like, 
It's just, I don't in, understand in why fairness, anybody would care that he's gone. <laughs> it's like, thank fuck, this guy has been Jesus bringing Christ. Yeah, that has been trouble. an intense couple of years. I'm so <laughs> yeah. glad he's gone. So uh, the film then uh, goes to, I believe it's the Wonder Woman's bank robbery scene. Yeah. Which is great in, because in London. It's, it's a fucking Justice League film. Justice League is really for kids. And after the intro sequence, Speak, just all, lie. it's just loads of people getting executed like these people just walk through the front of like a bank or whatever it is and just execute every single person in their way fucking gangland style irrationally annoyed me in this whole sequence like it really bugged me was literally just um when you know wonder woman shows up and one of the terrorists say we have a bomb it's going to level 10 city blocks i'm like nobody says blocks in london like, I don't know why. This, again, shows how petty I am as a human being, but that really annoyed me. But it leads me <laughs> into a thing that really annoyed me in that scene. That Oh, okay, it's going to level 10, quote-unquote, city blocks. Wonder Woman grabs the bomb and throws it into the sky. Not all that high, mind you. Surely, if there's an explosion, there would be a downward force as well. Yeah. And that would, like, level the building they're in. I've always thought that when you see somebody else. just like a throw tiny up in the sky, little, nothing bad like will happen. like a firework. There was no... That would not level 10 city blocks. I thought it was quite cool. Um, I, re- I did quite like the scene when... Uh, you know, the opening of that scene when you see her standing on... Uh, no, shaming that... me as a British person, but I can't remember what that statue oh, called uh, the <laughs> british airways statue yeah, yeah that's what marks i'm going with the marks and spencer yeah, statue. marks and spencer's the marks and spencer statue i thought that looked kind of cool but no it didn't that was one of the worst examples of the fucking green was, like, screen background. You out of the back so after that whole fucking and there's to? some cool that, that's what i mean i don't want to just rag on this film the scene where the guy is trying to spray a and, line she's of and she's she's like, that, yeah that, that's i think like part of what a lot of these dc films have been missing is just showing them being heroes, like saving people. That's what I thought. Just to backtrack a sec, you know, the, um, the scene with Batman at the beginning with the robber. Yeah. I just, you know, it's him, he catches it, you think, and he dangles him, and it's like, what are you doing? It smells fear. And then, you know, the parademon shows up, and then it's, you know, all, all that, and then it explodes into three boxes on the, on the thing, and then we're just straight into, like, exposition 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 this film is entirely yeah, that was one of the notes that i made is that the first half an hour of this film is just so much exposition but like if you go back like that how much better that sort of opening batman scene would be if it was just him taking down a robber you know like at the beginning of uh 89's batman where with michael keaton where it's the two robbers they've just robbed the family and you see you know, like Batman following them for a bit and then they're doing out the loot and he just takes them down. I just think that's... If, if you were going to follow up with this Wonder Woman scene, that would have set it up a bit better rather than just, what what is this flying bug? Why are there three things on the screen? How Why do you know this Batman stuff? Why is Batman fucking is going having bants with the robber? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They're all fucking pally-pally. Is it because he's gone? Like, oh, Shh, that... shut the fuck up. Honestly, we have so much to get through. Yeah. Batman goes to meet Aquaman. And there's like that really stupid fucking wall painting of Jason Momoa holding a mother box. Uh, but then like they're talking, walking outside. And I shit you not, at it's 
12 minutes 59 seconds of you've this actually movie. like oh t- yeah properly timed because i was writing them as i was going along so i'd have a rough idea where i was going i didn't oh think i've got fucking time stamps time. motherfucker <laughs> Uh, Aquaman says to Bruce Wayne, uh, one of the most famous men in the world, you've got to think, Bruce Wayne, millionaire orphan. Yeah. In front of two civilians. Dress up like a bat. No, he says to Bruce Wayne, no way, Batman. That's a thing throughout this movie that nobody seems to give a shit about. Secret identities are. It's like, um, just to skip ahead a bit, when Lois Lane shows up when Superman is back and he goes, and she just goes, Clark, Clark. Cops and him right next to it. Come on, yeah, Lois. Lois, have some fucking decorum. Yeah. I know your dead body it's, friend's back, but um, I know we're jumping around a little bit. But just just to go, you know, the 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 Aquaman scene, as you said, with him in the box and everything. It's again, you you these things are being thrown at you, and if you don't know the comics, you've got no idea what they're talking about, what's going on, because they haven't introduced anything. If, yeah, you, you know, like it's just you're supposed to understand that Bruce Wayne knows about all this stuff that's going on yeah there was a lot of ham-fisted attempts to jam exposition in uh to jump forward a little bit again uh when the uh when cyborg is sat there and you know he's going through like robotic puberty because of the mother box (laughs) and he's like developing every day and he literally like he moves his hands and all of a sudden he has complete access to like the bat caves archive he's like oh bruce wayne is the batman and i can find him now it's just there's loads of little bits like that just solely there just to drive the story on and i know obviously a story should yeah progress like that but there's just so ham-fisted attempts exactly and i want to talk about this movie without trying to compare it to like what marvel are doing i also want it is its own thing but on the other hand like by the time marvel got to like this point these you know like different points of say like the avengers yeah the first like team-up movie yeah like everybody knows what the you know the tesseract the cube is because, you know, it was introduced in Captain America. You know who Loki is. You know, it, yeah, it, it yeah. set these things up. And so, you, you know, you get it. It's quite natural. But this one is just throwing so much shit at the wall. <laughs> yeah, and it really And just expecting is. a lot of just people to just go with it. And, like, you know, for for me, that's, you know, I know what a fucking, you know, like, I know what a mother box is. Like, but the, Explain for the ladies and gentlemen what a mother box is. Like, in the comics, it was, like, part of... Part of Jack, um, you know, Jack Kirby, or yeah, part of the New Gods. Jack Kirby, you know, one of the greatest comic creators of all time. Yeah, uh, he did this amazing series uh, called the New Gods, which set up Darkseid, the the planet Apocalypse. It's opposite uh, New Genesis. Yeah, the, so you had the New Gods on New Genesis, and you've got Darkseid and Apocalypse on the other side. So you know pretty good versus evil kind of story but just trippy psychedelic i've taken a lot of lsd it's the 70s jack kirby, jack kirby. <laughs> <laughs> and from what i remember like a mother box is basically like a sentient computer okay that lets you it creates a boom something called a boom tube which lets you oh, is travel that, is that how steppenwolf is fucking yeah. traveling so like that's it's basically it's you know it's like kind of like the impression i always got of it was like a Star Trek transporter, kind of, but lets you just go anywhere. But I don't know what in God's name they were supposed to be in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it was just, it was the thing there to make the story happen. It was the MacGuffin. So, going back to Cyborg, I have some questions for you, Cyborg related. If you died, would you want your dad to bring you back as a robot? 
No, I'd be too afraid my dad would try and bring me back in his image. <laughs> so, you know, that could get a bit Britain first. So, no. <laughs> Casting like aspersions on as a cyborg. <laughs> okay, if I was to make you back as a cyborg, would you want me to try and make you look as much as you as I can? Or would you want a giant glowing red eye? Why would his dad give him this giant glowing red eye? He was like, my son's coming back as a robot, so I may as well make him look as much like a robot. Probably write a lot of can. trippy sci-fi and set. Huge Robocop thought, <laughs> <laughs> Robocop looks badass. I'm going to do this. What that was was actually from um, a script that would fall aside in Warner Brothers. Uh, it was a son of Robocop. <laughs> they just kind of hammed that into the Justice League story. Yeah, but have you seen what they're doing with uh, just... As an aside to Justice League, now that we're talking about Robocop, we might as well. Have you seen the new Robocop that's coming out? Because it did one not too Yeah, they did the reboot a couple of years ago, but, um, oh, goddamn, who is it? I don't think it's, uh, I'm going to Google this very quickly. It's basically, they're doing a fault, they're doing a sequel to the original Robocop. Uh, like they're doing with Halloween, essentially, where it's just like it retcons I, the rest of. Is that what the new Halloween? The new Halloween is, is like, a sequel to Halloween. That, all, all I've basically known is there's Halloween coming out. That um, I was gonna, uh, oh my god, Kenny Powers, what's his uh, name? <laughs> Danny McBride. Yeah, that he's like producing it and he's in it. Uh, he? No, he wrote. Uh, I think he co-wrote it. Uh, but yeah, basically that is it. Retcons everything that's happened past the first Halloween film and is a direct right. sequel to that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a, what they're doing with um, a new Robocop. Yeah, I, 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 like this is bugging me. There's somebody amazing who's doing it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one thing: twenty minutes, thirty-seven seconds. Uh, how come the doors to Cyborg's Dad's Super Lab aren't locked? The janitor just walks straight in. I put that. I, I, that, <laughs> that bugged me as well. No, it, it wasn't even that he didn't lock it. It was like, all right, Joe, want to go in and clean that up? It's like. Dude, there's some sensitive shit in there. I wouldn't let the cleaner <laughs> in there. Like, you know, like, you where I presumably work. exhumed your son's corpse and rebuilt it into a robot in that room. You should probably yeah, be exactly. a bit more you fucking... Know, Steve, who cleaned the toilet earlier on today. I think it's a it noble would, profession, Tom. Yeah, it's a it noble is, profession. but they don't need to see that shit. You know, they really let him in there quite no no qualms about uh, Oh, he's worked material. here for like four months, oh, man. He's really try. cool. <laughs> Yeah, so the PCP that yeah. one time. Motherfucker sold me a bag of wheat behind the counter last week. So, <laughs> so also, actually, because it reminds me of another great point, uh, the janitor's wife on the news. Do you remember that scene where, like, it's Lois Lane is watching the news in uh, the Daily Planet building, and it's like a news reporter, and he's like, a wife of a local janitor had some strong words to say about the aliens that abducted her husband. And, like, they bleep out the swearing, but she essentially says the lines, uh, something like, you're going to fucking probe my husband, I'm going to find you and fucking wrap it up your alien asses. Like, it, it's, like, it's brilliant, but it it shows, like, something that's just so off about this movie. I was like, that like, just didn't, it was how, so out of left field. Out of the... place it is, and especially when you compare it to what's come before with, you know, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad... Uh, I'm not going to include Wonder Woman because I really enjoyed Wonder Woman. Honestly, I, that I was think Gal Gadot such... suffered the She's... most out of this movie. 
like it, it kind of a, yeah definitely because I, I, film I, oh my god I'm shitting on the film again I do like yeah, this no, movie no, so do I <laughs> but that, that, that's the thing that's so weird about this movie is that it's just it's bizarre the, like, <laughs> all of the pieces are wrong. All of the pieces but are wrong. But they just make some weird, complete hole, like a pot noodle sandwich. Like, that should be disgusting, but I imagine it would be amazing, not that I've eaten a pot noodle sandwich. You probably have. I haven't, but now I really want to. That was just the most gross, but kind of tasty thing I could think of <laughs> off the top of my head. But you, you know, like, after how, you know, like, Wonder Woman the movie was really good, and she was done really well. To go from that to just basically every time she's in a shot now, it's just let's just start the shot on her ass and yep. go back up. Like, especially her Wonder Woman seemed to take a bit of a step backwards. The movie itself, I think, obviously says, had like a massive backing um, with feminists, and rightly so because it is a very female empowering film. And I know what you mean. It was nothing to empower. Yeah, females. I mean, no, you're right. You know, whereas, but, you know, just like the scenes where, you know, like uh, Jason Momoa's got the Aquaman, has the lasso of truth around him, and he's just like, you got a great ass, I want to tap that. And, you know, what would have made that better is if she would have gone, you know, like, laughed with it, and then just, like, backhanded him into a wall, or something like that. Another thing, another great moment, 33 minutes into the film for me, uh, is the what I dubbed the lakeside exposition scene with <laughs> Batman and Wonder Woman. Uh, where they literally set up the whole story. And uh, it turns into the Lord of the Rings. It's like, one mother box was given to the tribes of Atlantis. One box to the... And and they, like, Atlantis put it in, um, like, a massive throne room. Same in Themyscira. The humans bury it in a hole, like, just in the woods. Nobody's going to find this, boys. Job done. Fucking tiny. That's why I love being human. Again, Human, 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 human. Um, it was just like that scene, you know, where you've got these parademons, all, all this supposedly future technology, all these motherfuckers are going up them with swords. Yeah. How does that, how have you conquered any other planet? Why should you be a threat <laughs> if you've been taken over? Yeah, granted, you know, you've got the strong Amazonians and the Atlanteans, but again, you've been taken over by people with swords, but I've got to be honest, that scene was worth it just because I got really happy when there was a Green Lantern. There was a Green Lantern. But you also saw the Green Lantern die, you so. Yeah, but then, you know, you got the cool bit when his ring flies off. I love Green Lantern. I've noticed. Yeah. Jeff um, John's Green Lantern run, one of the best, just like pure superhero runs you'll ever read. It's fantastic. Like, I was never a big Green Lantern fan until I read that, and it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Fun. 41 minutes into the Justice League film. After saving the man from drowning at sea, Aquaman dumps his body in the bar, grabs a bottle of whiskey, goes, it's on him. And then he leaves, he necks the bottle of whiskey (laughs) and throws the empty bottle into the sea. You'd think that would be his, you know, he'd be really Yeah, Aquaman, protector of the oceans. He was like, ah, fuck it. There's loads of litter in there. At least it's not plastic. Let's just take it aside for a sec. What did you think of Aquaman in this movie? And like, what were your opinions of Aquaman before? Um, I jotted my opinions of Aquaman down uh, in here in two words, which was wet Thor. That's that is exactly what they're yeah, going for. He's, you know, like, he's the fi- handsome, long haired god character who's kind of just like no quirky. pun, fish out of water. Yeah, like, but what? 
What were your opinions of Aquaman before this? I have none. And none. That's, yeah, I've never. It's just I've never read any Aquaman yeah. or paid much attention to the character. I know obviously he gets a lot of bad press. Yeah, and that annoys me. But <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I do love the crazy seventies Super Friends. You know. Meanwhile, at the <laughs> Legion of Doom, <laughs> when you've got Aquaman surfing like two dolphins and yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of my favourite parts of the film was when J. Jonah Jameson calls the Justice <laughs> League and they can't even get in pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I really, I really like the idea of J.K. Simmons as uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, he was I good. Think that's was really, cool. I, I really think that's that. great. But, but I do still hope, like, just as a little side note, like, nothing to do with this movie, I really hope they bring him back as J. Jonah Jameson. It's just, why not? Just give He's him perfect. You're never gonna get anybody better than get that. him to do a fucking faux Alex Jones uh, Spider Man hating podcast as J Jonah Jameson. Yeah, that, that, like just like once a month, just it. like a yeah, like but an angry news blast about how much he things. wants photos of the Spider Man. I you know I know they're still doing like you know young Spider Man in in the films, but just just bring J K Simmons back. You're never gonna get anybody that's gonna do a badge. J. Jonah James. Yeah, he was like, fucking incredible. <laughs> what did you think of the bat crab? You know, in the silo fighting? Like, He's like, get me the night crawler. And it's like, literally, this crab with about a thousand guns it's, attached it's to it. It's, like, Batman like, was really fucking trigger happy in this oh, movie. It, it's in the last couple of movies, you know. It, it, it's just, all I get is, you know, like, I hate guns. Guns murdered my parents. So I'm going to attach them to everything Every I own fucking to thing. make everybody else afraid. It's because but screenwriters it... can't be asked to figure out how to write a good Batman story. So like, how will they get out of this situation? Like, well, just fucking shoot it like his parents, won't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get, you know, I can buy Batman building some of the shit he does in the Batcave. You know, like a king-ass car, things like that. But that just seemed insane. That and the, the giant people carrier jet that he yeah him and alfred seemed to be able to make on their own no problem at all no lucius fox either that or there is a really big mass grave of mexican workers behind the (laughs) behind the wayne encampment that built it all and then they used those many guns that they attached another fun moment in justice league it comes at 57 minutes around there uh, Are we the, only 57 minutes into this movie? Oh, yeah, we're about halfway, and we've already been going for about fucking an hour. Uh, the sound effect, uh, Steppenwolf, when he boom tubes out of the silo, is like, boom! It's the most cartoony, fucking ridiculous... Like, it, as a, the film that like, I, I was not attached to in any... I was, because I was enjoying it, but I couldn't take it seriously. And the noise of it was... It took me out yeah. of that. It took me out of a film like, I wasn't taking seriously. It was that cartoony. Be... You know, this is going to be a typical, like, comic book, like, oh, they did this wrong, you know, kind of That's complaint. not what a boom tube but, sounds like. Yeah, because, like, you know, when, when you see boom tube in the comic, you, you know, when you get, I don't know what you call them, but, you know, like, 60s Adam West, pow, biff, but... Onomatopoeias? that yes. Would those be onomatopoeias? Yes, I think so. An onomatopoeia is a word that sounds like the thing, like yeah. splash. Yeah, but you know what I mean when you read a comic and you it, it reads out the sound effect. Yeah. Like, every time, like, a boom tube opens, it's like a giant boom. Not it's like supposed a to sound. Yeah, it's supposed to sound, you know, like thunder. Yeah. And they just had that. Can we just take a minute to, now that we've just mentioned him, can we talk about Steppenwolf? 
Can we talk about Steppenwolf? My God. Sounds like Bane. All he does is exposition. Uh, he, what? What a awful. nothing. It was just a just, nothing villain. Unity. Doom. I oh, right. So he rule. did have just one quote, which was metal for. Uh, when he, and jumping forward to towards the end of the film, when he finally unites uh, the mother boxes, he was praise to the mother of horrors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's, I can't describe how bad that character is. Just in, he literally looks, he, yeah, he meant nothing to me. Dial, he, his dialogue is, exactly, he's, he is literally just a plot device. And that's yeah, all 100%. That's, oh my God, yes. But, a means to an end, and the end being uniting the justice. And again, like I, I'm trying not to spoil it for you, and again, I don't want to try and talk about other movies, but like when you watch Infinity War and you've got Thanos, who is like the equivalent of that, you know, they've been building up to, you know, to this film, and Thanos is the bad guy, and he's, he is a character like he is arguably the main character of that movie yeah and not once do you what during that film do you watch it and not see him as a character like you know with his with clear motivations clear history you know kind of sympathize with him at points you know he he's a living breathing character whereas Steppenwolf just feels like a really bad Final Fantasy boss. Yeah, with a massively overcompressed voice. I hate the whole CGI like, is terrible. <laughs> like you couldn't understand most of what he was saying. And he is just a walking, talking exposition device. You know, like when he first shows up on, you know, uh, towards the beginning, that scene where he shows up on Themyscira, and you're just supposed to assume, you know, you're just like, right, what's going on? We're here. Okay, cool. Box. What? What is this? What's going on? Why is this exploding? Why is this guy shown up? I did also quite like in that scene that they thought a couple of stone walls was going <laughs> to keep all of that contained. You know, yeah. there's that scene where she's running out with the box and they're knocking down the wooden pillars and the walls come down. It's like, you knew this guy came from outer space with an army of space bugs. Did you really <laughs> think that was going to do any good? <laughs> So yeah, uh, it becomes clear the motivation of the Justice League is to win the fight. They need to bring Superman back with the use of the Mother Box, and what they do, uh, uh, dig up his corpse. One hour, five minutes or so into Justice League, Flash and Cyborg go grave robbing. They exhume Superman's body. It's and so it's, weird. And they play it as a character bonding scene. And we need to talk actually about the Flash. We haven't mentioned the Flash Yeah, at all no, yet. I was going to say we need to go back a bit. Like, I, d- I hated the Flash in this movie. He I was my least favourite part of I thought of the, the only bit I really liked with him in it was the scene with him and his dad. No. When, when they're in prison. I just thought that gave you a good insight into the character. The rest of it, it's just, he's this ADHD mess going around and that's a controversial statement huh but you know like i i just didn't like him as again to me it just felt like they were trying to copy the marvel form formula like we need a quippy person here and yeah that's not really like again this is gonna be comic book nerd coming out of me <laughs> to me that's never really the flash is this awkward like fish out of water comedy oh you know it, it just it, I I wasn't a big fan of it either. 
at this point in the podcast, I would like the listeners to think about at the beginning when I describe Tom as an opinionated nerd. <laughs> you really start to flourish it. You start yeah. to do voices and hand movements. Like, yeah, well, I'm starting to get annoyed now. So, um, so the grave robbing. It's just imagine taking your kids to this film where there's a scene where they are literally digging up a corpse. But they use it to make them friends. Like they have a. He was like, so Drug you bomb. get hit by lightning, and he's yeah. like. Yeah, but that's not the full story. What about you? And he's like, I was in an accident. But And then they're like, oh, I guess we're both accidents. And then, oh, no, but oh, my God. best bros. No, because he goes to fist bump him and Cyborg doesn't fist bump him. And he goes, I think he says something like racially charged. Yeah. It's like it's uh, it's so strange. And and all the while they are exhuming Superman's corpse. It's part of the... the Part of the fun of this film is trying to work out what a Zack Snyder scene and what a Joss Whedon scene. That's a good and point. I, we haven't actually, because uh, for uh, listeners who don't know, there's the fucking production history for this film was it's crazy. It's so Apparently, fucking troubled. There is a 180 minute cut of this movie, oh all done God. by Zack Snyder. But you. But this film was well into production when Batman vs Superman came out, and you had the backlash to that movie. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, you know, and so it was even you know Suicide Squad was close to release at that point, and they Warner Brothers panicked. They changed that, and they did the same with Justice League. And you can tell like, that that's what makes this film so fascinating to me is. Well, do you know why Zack Snyder left the movie? Yeah, it, um, it's, you know, it... it uh, for the listeners who don't know, and it's fucking horrible. And as I say, <laughs> I don't want to shit on this film. It does have its merits, um, but... But you've got to know the, the history behind yeah, it Yeah, uh, well. the director, Zack Snyder, actually had to step down from the movie when his daughter killed herself. You know, it's, it's, it's a heartbreaking situation. And to be in, like, the public eye as you are, Especially, like that. you know, it's not you the public know, it, eye. It's no, you're it's making the first ever Justice League film. And, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, so basically he stepped down. Warn- you know, he'd finished most of the film and said that apparently there's like a 180 minute cut of this movie. 108. I would totally watch that. I'd watch the living shit out of that. Uh, and then, so they brought Joss Whedon on and they reshot about 20% of the movie. And you can, you can any scene with Superman in it, has basically been reshot. Yeah. It, it has. And you, it's just, it's such... And Zack Snyder is very much more of like a gritty, like, dark... He kind of like, he's trying to put a certain level of realism into his DC work. But Zack Snyder... I don't um, like that. Joss like, Whedon I, is the guy Joss Whedon. Whedon, Whedon, however you pronounce <laughs> it, Whedon, uh, did like Avengers and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And it's such a mess. Like, it's Tonally, such a... they're two completely different filmmakers. So to have them just Joss... run at each other like Station from Bill and Ted, and they just kind of <laughs> merge into one. Station. Station. But yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. And that's one of the things I don't like about Zack Snyder, I really don't, is that he doesn't seem to get these characters... But he, he does in just, his own way, Tom. This is where I'm saying you're an opinionated nerd. He obviously gets the characters. Superman should be happy. He, he should be sad and snappy. He gets next. the characters enough for the people who own the characters to go make our movie. Yeah, but they've kind of. Where was shit the last the time? You, oh, yeah, they totally pissed this they movie at the wall. Shit the but bed. in the best possible way. I keep meaning. I, I'm sounding really vitriolic, vitriolic against yeah, the film. Vitriolic. 
Uh, but I, I, I had a smile yeah, on my face I, the entire I time. I, I want to keep reminding the listeners of that. So, the body has been exhumed. If Superman died, uh, and given Zack Snyder's gritty <laughs> filmmaking tone, surely an alien being with unlimited power would be snatched up by the government, harvested, very much like happened to General Zod and Lex Luthor, yeah. just to find out what happened, not buried under his assumed name next to his fucking... Uh, Park Hent. Like, like a little Smallville cemetery. Nobody, like, again, this is why, like, this whole death of Superman thing is, it's so rushed. And the the only thing I can think of is the only people that were there when he died was, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne, Diana. So they took his body away to the family to say, deal with it. And then they told other people that Superman died at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, I never actually... I, I've got a DNF I on just, like, Batman I, versus Superman. What, what I just liked was, that, you know, they had this, you know, f- this big fucking fight in the sewer with Steppenwolf. And then he, you know, gets away and everything. And they just kind of go like, okay, we've just been beaten. Should we exhume a corpse and bring him back? No, but not even like, that. It's because just, It's just... It's so... In that scene, they Steppenwolf has gone, and they're trapped. Uh, the Bat Crab has uh, disabled itself. Uh, water is rushing in. They're stuck. And then it cuts to just them out of the situation, talking to Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. They just... And, you know, it's just basically go, right, we got this cube. Can that bring him back? Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Why the they're, fuck they're, not? Why the fuck not? Uh, when Superman literally explodes back to life, why is it that his shirt, tie, suit jacket, spectacles if they buried him as Clark Kent, shoes, all get completely blown off in the explosion, but his trousers remain completely unscathed? Henry Cavill's got a buff torso. Doesn't have good He's legs, got nothing to do with the explosion, but he's also got buff feet as well. It makes his feet just fucking rip through shoes. Unfortunately, we can't get a hard R where he's just like full cock out find them i really like that little scene but they where... could have at least tattered his trousers up a bit they were perfect. Well, a bit like hulk style yeah like, just because he's wagon. been in a fucking explosion yeah and a coffin for two years <laughs> yeah the the fucking the fibers of that world have got to have degraded at some point surely i really like that little bit you know when he comes out and he and they have the fight between them i i thought you could have you could have really made like a whole film out of that of bringing superman back and he's doesn't know who he is, but inside of that, it's done in, like, a minute. Why did Cyborg's arm attack Superman? Because nobody has any idea what's going on in this <laughs> Literally, movie. he was like, oh, oh no, my arm, oh no, my arm's a gun now, bang. Uh, it's, it, and it wasn't explained at all. Yeah, but again, that's just, like, the same with a lot of this film. They just, they make you assume that everybody's got to go, you know, they, they just assume that everybody knows what's going on i did quite like the bit where um you know like the flash is running and he's looking at superman and then superman just slowly turns his head <laughs> and looks at him. I, I thought that i thought that, that was, was very really cool i very did enjoy like, that. i thought that was very good the flash running it it was one of the cheesier parts of the film like when you look at quicksilver in say x-men first class or um, well, the Flash in the TV show Flash looks the TV really show. good. But with this, when he ran, he really like extended his yeah. limbs in a really cartoonish kind I'm of way. I'm really not a fan of live Was it Ezra of Miller? Ezra Miller, yeah. I think the only other thing I've seen him in is uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Him. Never F- seen find it. Find him, find them. <laughs> Fantastic find Beasts him. and Where to Find Him. 
so the last final fight of the movie. You know when um because it's oh, never explained in the world and... where it happens, but it's No, it's Russia, isn't it? Do they say it's Russia? Yeah, it's definitely Russia. You're just assuming it's Russia. No, they it, never I'm expressly sure, say no, it's I'm Russia. I'm sure they th- say that it's Russia. With the, the little family, you know, they, they've showed that these bugs, uh, you know, the parademons can smell fear and they can get through anything, but this family that are literally shitting their pants in this little wooden cabin, they can't possibly get yeah. through these walls. Like So... That whole fight scene from the get-go, from as soon as uh, the unity was created and everything started going that weird shade of purple, it took on the aesthetic of a sci-fi channel movie. Uh, it's, but, like, it's insane that this is, like, a $300 million budget and film. And it looks that And it's bad. Justice League. It's like people have been waiting for this film their entire childhoods. Like, wait. Especially, like, if you think, um, you, you're probably the same as me. You remember the, you know, the Bruce Tim Justice League cartoon? I used to love it, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the greatest cartoons ever made. And you just compare, like, it's like, when a 20-minute animated cartoon can do better than a $300 million movie with these things, uh, you know, with, with a set piece like that, it's crazy. I've got it written down here as well that it looks like the type of mobile game that you'd pay for. <laughs> it's like three quid, but that game does look fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, it looks good for, you know, something on an iPhone screen. Yeah, 100%. Not, and, and, you know, it's just... But also it, it added to the charm of the film, I think, as well. Having, like, the Justice League flip-flopping around in this, like, CGI mad world. But it, it would be a lot more tolerable if the CGI was any good no again for a 300 million dollar movie that looks so poor that it really you know it it really took me out of it well i i think it that's when i really fully engaged with the movie and i hated the end of wonder woman i love the film wonder woman oh i I hated hated the end end of of it yeah when it all started getting all fucking big boss fight cgi style uh, and I, I was expecting that for Justice League, but it was great. It just hooked me in. I don't know if it's because I watched the first half of the film, went out for lunch with my dad yeah, and had a couple of beers, <laughs> came back, and I'd been uh, lubricated at that point, so I was enjoying <laughs> it a bit more. Just big old fucking dumb grin on my face, laughing at the just perfect monstrosity that is the yeah, final fight scene like, of the Justice League film. It, it's a it's a really really good superhero movie. That would come out in 2005. And I know that's (laughs) not that long ago, but that kind of just shows how much they've kind of come across, uh, come across, sorry, come along since then. You know, like, can you imagine, you know, like the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie? Yeah. It's a great film, but if you watch that now, it hasn't aged well. Not at all. It's really campy. It's very much of its time. If you release that now, like, it would get eviscerated. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I and it came up a few times, mainly in uh, the Bat Crab or the Super Fucking Friends play. Uh, but as I say, Batman has been heavily armed throughout this film. In the final fight scene, they take it a step further, and not only does he have what seems to be like a machine gun at one point (laughs) shooting parademons, but he throws a fucking grenade at a parademon. And I know they're not human, but he didn't say, I don't kill humans. He said, I don't kill. Yeah. I think he's a uh, bug. That's all right. 
I'll snap on a spider. I'll throw a grenade at these motherfuckers. Human villains. He'll dangle you off the building uh, to get his way. And when it's done, he'll have a fucking joke with you yeah, and let you, again, go. If you go. If you go back to like Batman vs Superman, he killed a lot of motherfuckers in that film. <laughs> like, you know, there was that scene where he's in the Batmobile chasing them and he's shooting bullets. He's bombing the shit out of them. He's breaking, he's snapping necks left, right and center. Like, this Batman doesn't really give a shit about killing. No, it, it looks like one of his more favorite things to do. Like, you know, I'm one of these people, you know, I you've got to understand that, like, you know, when you adapt something, you know, like a book, a comic, anything, into another medium, you've got to adapt it and you've got to change it. But when you lose, you know, like, the core bit of what makes that character that character, you know, like Batman, he doesn't kill, he doesn't, he did you know, like when he first came about in the 40s like he killed people left right and center but you know yeah shit has changed since then and like that always does take me out a little bit that he does seem to have no problem murdering people. yeah there's no um detective in this batman he is just brute force and ignorance See, that's essentially. what i really want is i just want a batman movie where it's, a noir I, yeah, I just want Batman I want to see the world's greatest detective, Batman. Like Long Halloween. Like yeah. a Long Halloween oh, film would be man, so like, good. Would, yes. Just something like that would be perfect. Or just like if you look at uh, the Arkham games. Yeah. I think they, they are, for me, the best versions of Batman outside of the comics. And the animated been, series. Yeah. Bruce Tin, the animated series. Because it, 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 it strikes that perfect balance of you know like dark but also it's a guy dressed like a bat beating yeah. people you know like and again yeah. in justice league well i say the fucking the cartoon two, uh lincoln factors between uh the batman animated series and the arkham games written by paul dini this is what we need we need paul. By kevin conroy <laughs> that's what we need we need paul dini to write a batman film yeah absolutely and again it's it's why i really think these dc if you look at, again, look at Marvel, they've got Kevin Feige? Kevin Feige! Fiji? I've got no idea how to pronounce his Wedden, Whedon. Um, you know, he's in charge of stu- the Marvel Studios from the beginning, and he has had a clear plan of where these movies are going, what's happening. He loves the comics. They take the inspiration directly from there, and it works. And they don't have anybody like that at DC. It's just... Okay, we're going to get Zack Snyder. This has all gone wrong. Uh, Let's bring Joss Whedon in. Uh, Let's get somebody else to do Aquaman. And it's just such a mess. And they haven't got a clear point. And they're not, you know, like taking from, you know, the best parts of the source material. Or even just going to the writers of these comics. Because they can write you an amazing movie like that. Yeah, have fucking... At the end of the day. Scott Snyder write a Batman movie. It would be absolutely fucking flawless. It's like Jeff Johns. He's one of the greatest comic book writers. For, for me, he's one of my favorite superhero comic book writers. And he learned his craft under Richard Donner, one of the, like, the greatest movie directors of all fucking time. Talking like, about that, actually, and, and I know you said not talking about other films... I watched the other day and didn't realise it was the film fucking Richard Donner did before Superman 1, The Omen. Did Richard Donner do The Omen? I watched The Omen the other day and I never clocked it uh, when I watched it before. Yeah, it's fucking Richard Donner. It's literally the film he did before Superman. That's amazing. Going from Superman. (laughs) You know, especially at that time. 
you know, going from the tiny low-budget <laughs> yeah. R movie to, you know, Superman, which, at like, at that tiny, time... Tiny, low-budget R movie? The fucking budget... Omen. Yeah, have you ever seen The Omen? Years You've got ago, palatial country manners. You're getting those on the cheek. <laughs> That's but got then, my like, favourite decapitation to, in any movie Yeah, but ever. then, you know, you talk about, like, mid-70s, and then he goes to Superman the movie where Marlon Brando had the highest wage of an actor ever for that movie of the sum of one million dollars <gasps> and now you look at like the highest grossing actors today and they wouldn't get out of fucking bed for a million dollars there's fucking people who play video games on twitch and make like five hundred thousand oh dollars oh my god man I, I i was trying to explain this to estelle and drive home from london earlier on we were um we listened to just news on radio and uh, no I think we listen. No, sorry, not uh, Radio Four. Another podcast. We listened to the Bugle, and ah, they were talking about um, gamers, and they were talking about like the highest, one of the highest paid Twitch gamers that gets paid five hundred grand a month for playing video Fucking games. Insane. So we have covered a fair amount. We've been going for a fair while um, in regards to. What I have to say is one of my favorite films, and I know it's not going to sound it this year, uh, Justice League. Honestly, I, I've done nothing but talk shit on this film for an hour, but I, I, I really, it's really, really enjoyed it. weirdly entertaining. Like, I re- I, even like the end, you know, they got the big battle with Steppenwolf, and then Superman shows up and just kills, you know, and then they do it as, oh, the fear has taken over him, and then the parody. Parody ones, yeah. Like, it's just like... What good is the Justice League, though? Uh, but <laughs> the, when Superman does turn up, uh, the line where he's like, you can't handle the truth or something, and you hear Superman goes, I like truth, but I'm also a fan of justice. And I was like, yes! Yeah, like, Superman yeah, like, is back! I gotta be, Henry Cavill is a perfect super. Like, he's so good. It's just a shame that, like, for me at any rate, that like, he hasn't really had he hasn't really been Superman. Yeah, and I'm not, he's not the a... biggest Superman fan, like when it comes to comics. I, I, I'm really not. But he is so good. But just what we've had up until this point hasn't really been Superman. He's just been this dour man that loves snapping necks. He does love <laughs> snapping necks. Uh, how how would you rate this film out of out of nine? Out of nine. Out of nine. I would give it. A five point five, and I would say like that, that. That's a good score. Like a lot of people, you know, like when it comes to reviews, you see anything like under, you know, like seven out of ten. Ah, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like no, that's that's good. Just make your mind like, up for yourself, to be honest. Don't yeah, this. exactly. But I would say like it's a fun movie. It, it is, but it's just. It's more entertaining as a mess of a movie than it is as a it's coherent very, yeah, movie. Very much like The Room. It's thunderously enjoyable, but only because you just yeah. watch a film fall apart in front of you. It's the best superhero movie of 2004 that happened to come out <laughs> 14 years later. And with that, good night. Good night. Good night.